This episode of Fever Talk was brought to you by... The Burpala Forest. Go to Burpala Forest now, and you'll have the greatest vacation you've ever had in your lifetime. See the wonderful burp trees that make noises all through the night. And then visit the gaseous fountain of uh, geezers. It's old people sitting around a little kind of small water fountain, but it's very smelly. Uh, to get a discount on your trip to... What's it called again? The Burpala Forest. The Burpala Forest. Uh, enter the special promo code... Geezer Talk. Geezer Talk for your 20% discount. And now, on with the episode. Hi, guys. Hi. Fever Talk. Fever Talk. Mm. Now, uh, we're talking to you on a bank holiday Monday, which I think is only a bank holiday Monday in Ireland because the bank holiday is St. Patrick's Day. Right. Um, And so uh, we've had a very nice three-day weekend. We have. All Uh, weekends should be this long. Yes. Well, uh, you know, it's always kind of nicer. But at the same time, though, I feel like it's been way longer than three days. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, it feels like, whoa, it's been a while since I was at work. Yeah. Like, it's, I guess because we had a party on Friday night. Yeah, it's funny, because it, it actually tends to be the thing, if you fill up your weekend with more stuff, it feels longer. Like, you would mm. think that it would feel shorter, but it feels longer, because it's like, I don't know, you've been on more of a journey or something. This is on an emotional journey through our lives. Exactly. Uh, speaking of emotional journeys, mm. uh, so we uh, spent most of yesterday evening oh, yeah. watching the Leaving Neverland documentary. Uh, which is all about um, two, uh, I was going to say young victims. They're grown-ups now. I yeah. mean, they're older than me. Yeah. But uh, they were young at the time, obviously, when it happened to them. Uh, young victims of Michael Jackson's uh, sexual abuse. And uh, it's a tough watch. It's really... It's I was having nightmares, like, last night. Really? Yeah, because we, we sort of watched it, and I was sort of falling asleep as we were watching it. And so, like, it was sort of the last thing I saw before going to bed. And then I think I even went to bed because I just find the whole thing so interesting. I think I even went to bed and maybe, like, read something else about it. Right. And then I was just... Yeah, I was just dreaming about so it. So do you remember anything about those dreams? I don't remember the specifics of it, but I remember... I actually just sort of remember I remember seeing Michael Jackson I remember seeing little uh, little James Safechuck and just having a horrible horrible feeling what I mean I just like you know of that something bad was happening or yeah, has happened yeah like I wasn't really in it it was more of just me watching it was like as if I was just watching like more of the documentary or something but it was somehow even creepier oh well it's it was I have to, I have to give the credit the documentary credit in the sense that they didn't, in a weird way, over-dramatize? Yeah, no, because they didn't need to. Like, the, the, them, the boys just, sorry, the men just telling their stories was enough to yeah. be absolutely horrifying. Yeah, like, I mean, I expected a little bit more of that kind of cliched documentary thing of like really like ominous music and and slow-mo darkening of images of michael jackson to show him as a as a hideous like evil doer but i'm sorry once again you don't have to do much to make michael jackson look terrifying yeah you just have to have a camera yeah but we were talking um this morning about how uh we had all kind of made excuses for Michael Jackson and, 
you know, I for years had always, even up until very recently, even had always put the 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 theory forward that like he clearly was inappropriate with kids. You know, like having them have sleepovers right. in general, even if nothing sexual ever happened, just having kids, strange kids, you, you don't family sleep in your yeah. bed, like it's, it's it's inappropriate. Um, so obviously, like weird stuff was happening anyway. I'd always assumed that he hadn't molested them because of what happened at the trials, and and that led me to believe that you know the story that was being put forward of oh they just wanted to get some money. And they had, you know, a, a reasonable case to state that he was being inappropriate with kids because of the obvious. Uh, because, you know, so many other kids came forward and said he did done nothing. Right. And right. I took that as like, well, why would they lie about that? Yeah. But then I also like had the approach of like, well, if I was a parent and my kid was molested by Michael Jackson, I wouldn't rest until he had kind of, you know, been convicted. And that's, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, like, I think that's something that's put forth a lot to people who are victims of sexual yeah. abuse. Um, that's leveled against them a lot. And it is so, so, so hard to prove sexual abuse in yeah. a court of law. I mean, and so that's why it's completely underreported. And then even for what is reported, it's under prosecuted. And then for even what is prosecuted, it's under convicted. So like, that's what you're dealing with here. Yeah. So it's, you know, like it, it completely makes sense that the lawyer who was on somebody's side like that would say, settle out of court get the money this is the best you're gonna get it's not worth the fight it's not worth right. everything else that's gonna come to you at least it's something especially when you're going against somebody who has millions and millions and millions right. of dollars and who can throw as much of that at you in court as possible as well right because Wade has also sued the estate so one of the men in the movie has also sued the estate and yeah. that's been used to like you know knock his credibility as well but um, it, it was it was an interesting kind of coincidence that we watched this documentary and then only a week or two previously had watched another documentary about similar circumstances, which is on Netflix for those who, who are interested, called Abducted in Plain Sight, mm. which is a really eye-opening documentary about how manipulative and um, weird most child molestation cases are. Because that was the thing about the Michael Jackson case. He is, like, crazy. Like, you know, he had a ranch called Neverland and all this kind of shit. Like, once again, like, and he, he was hi he was hiding in plain sight as well. Like, yeah. like the way you put, the way you put it, like, he was flaunting his little boyfriends. He was walking around holding hands with them. But somehow we had all convinced ourselves we had been like, this was, oh, like, fine. Almost partially because it was so brazen, I yeah. think, is part of why you start to be like, oh, well, if he was really, I mean, he wouldn't. But, like, no, yeah. he just was the biggest star in the world, was already super eccentric, and... And yeah, I mean, he had a fucking ranch called Neverland. There was Peter Pan memorabilia all over the place. Like, yeah. Ugh. but but yeah, your your point about those these two documentaries doing such a good job of highlighting how most abusers actually operate, and that it's through grooming and is through getting the families on their side, and the complication of the relationship with the how what how complicated the relationship with the abuser usually is too. You had in um, Abducted in Plain Sight, 
you had the girl thinking that she wanted to marry him, that she had to have his baby. And then you had in this one, the boys really saying that they loved him and they really genuinely felt that love and that it's still confusing for them and it's still complicated. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always, I said it to you that I, I always had assumed the molestation cases played out very differently Mm. i thought it was more of like a kid being abducted like a kid being drugged like all these different things but like you said it's it's much more of a complicated uh a web of uh of of not just lies and and coercion but also kind of brainwashing Mm -hmm. and um and because like you know all the time people ask you each other like you know how could the parents let this happen and even in in uh, leaving neverland one of the brothers of the victims was saying like how could our mother ever like allow this to happen and, and we even asked ourselves that because it mm-hmm. seems so bizarre mm-hmm. but that is that is kind of you know what clearly is a is a is a, is a connecting thread between a lot of these sort of cases is that there's a weird set of circumstances leading up to allowing this to happen. Yeah, and I have to say, because I've heard a lot of stuff from a lot of people, and I've I've been following it recently and finding it really interesting, there are a lot of people who just don't even want to watch the documentary because they're so convinced he's innocent, and they're so convinced these two men are liars. I, I I feel like after seeing this, there's not a doubt in my mind that it happened, but... um. I don't know how there could be either. Yeah, yeah, but like... uh. There's a lot, even people who are on the fence, I hear a lot of like, well, I don't know about Michael Jackson, but either way, those mothers are fucking crazy. And it's like, okay, like, like, slow your roll. Like, listen, I, I feel sorry for the mothers. Did the mothers fuck up? Yes, of course. Yeah. But still, they're not the abusers. Negligent, absolutely. But like you said, like, you see how and why it happens. And I understand the boys, the men, sorry, maybe never being able to forgive their mothers. I understand it being awful. I understand it being a lot of mothers say they would never get themselves in those situations. But they were groomed, too. They were manipulated, yeah. too. Because, like I said, they were living... So, if, for example, in the case of the Michael Jackson stuff... They were all living these first-class lifestyles that was all being paid for by Michael Jackson. And so they were caught up in, in the extravagance of that. And uh, they got, became negligent because of it, because they got distracted. Um, both, of them, both of the mothers in those cases like, were going, went through divorces while this all went on. So you know, there's a weird thing happening there mm-hmm. about trying to take back your own life and, mm-hmm. and ignoring your kids. Um, also as well like in the abducted in plain sight one the parents were uh, having affairs with the abuser like it was they were caught up and they were not good together either like so there's a weird like common effect there but also thirdly is that these all took place in like the early 90s 80s 70s and 70s and abducted in plain sight yeah and that is kind of before, really, the world at large became hyper aware of pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's a common thing. People talk about how a lot of kids don't go uh, trick-or-treating as much anymore at Halloween. And part of that is because parents will not let their kids out of their sight because they're aware of pedophiles now. And can I tell you that, sorry if I'm interrupting your train of thought, like, so when I was a, when I was a kid and we were trick-or-treating, we were always told 
don't eat anything. Like if an old lady like bakes some cookies and she wants to give you that, don't eat that. Don't eat anything that's not wrapped. And like, so, so, so my point is sometimes like, it's like that Kanye song, you worry about the wrong things. Like, <laughs> like really, like that's yeah. what you think the old lady who like, oh no, no, I don't have time to go to the store to buy a bunch of Snickers bars and bakes cookies. Like that's the one you have to worry about. Yeah. Like what kids like in reality ever got like drugged? I don't by... think it ever happened. I think there was one case of like an old lady baking something and like being old and senile used a wrong ingredient and right. like a couple of kids in the neighborhood got, got sick. sick and i yeah. think there was one case of this in the united states and then it was just like nobody he baked cookies yeah. like they're putting razor blades inside <laughs> that's no seriously like i think I like i honestly think becky <laughs> i think becky like really said that to me once like they, <laughs> there could be razor blades in them but yeah but like that was that was our generation getting like paranoid about stuff but like you said we were at that time getting paranoid about different things we weren't getting paranoid about like pedophiles stealing your kids yeah you know and even then we still have this wrong idea that the pedophile is going to steal your kid which is really not what commonly happens you told me before that there was a this is a statistic about like who is usually a pedophile. Yeah, and now I'm not sure. I I don't have I don't think I have the right percentage, but it's definitely a vast majority is. And that, but this is of all all sexual abuse cases, child sexual abuse or rape or whatever it is. Yeah, it's almost always someone you know. Almost yeah. always someone you know and trust. And I think in in child sexual abuse, it's even more. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure, but I think it's something like ninety or ninety five percent. Like yeah, but be- once again, it's hard to know the statistics because, like I said, it's not reported. Underreported. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but it makes sense because to be in a position where you can repeat offend, and these offenders would want to repeat offend. Yeah. Uh, you have to create this situation of trust and you have to create the situation where that person will do what you want them to do and think it's okay. Right. So, you know, there's work, there's grooming put into it. Um, but, it, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, it's, it's definitely... These are documentaries that have opened my eyes to what actually happens, but also as well as is what happens after the fact and mm. how people process mm. this. Because that was the thing that I was always thrown by before, is that, like, how could these victims of Michael Jackson, like, defend him in mm-hmm. court mm-hmm. and then later say, well, actually, no, he was, you know, uh, he, he was a molester. Um, but then you, when, you, when you hear them talk more about, like, how they just couldn't comprehend it and like they were like in the case of the in the abducted in plain sight documentary i mean he had the young girl convinced that aliens would destroy the earth if she didn't do what he wanted like you know there's a there's a whole load of crazy brain because they're kids because they're kids and exactly and you know michael jackson with the two boys implanted the lie like if you tell anyone this like we're both gonna go to jail forever yeah you know we're both gonna go and and so they were just used to keeping the secret for so long and not only that i think they really did on some level love him and didn't want him to get caught and still and hadn't identified what happened to them as abuse it was still this is our secret thing this is our secret this is our relationship they don't know any better that it's not normal yeah and that's you know and it's 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 tough it's it's really 
it's you feel so much sympathy for these folks and you know there's nothing you can do for them like you know now but like i said to you like i just wanted to give like especially uh james james oh uh, my is God. a wood safe uh safe chuck safe chuck sorry yeah i was thinking of wood chuck in my head <laughs> uh, safe. safe chuck like he, i just wanted to give him a hug I know. like I know. he just looks he still looked like 30 20 years later yeah devastated by yeah. all of it it's heartbreaking but it's so we were saying too that it's so nice to see that like first of all i'm so impressed with those two men i think they're absolutely amazing for coming mm. forth at the, the way they have and so nice to see that they have really like wonderful like partners they they both really seem yeah. to have that and they have families and and it was interesting too it seemed like both of them it was having sons or having kids yeah that brought a lot of it up and it became something that like the could couldn't be kept down anymore well as 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 james mentioned in it that you know seeing the innocence in his kid and mm. seeing him get close to the age where his own innocence was robbed of him like you know it's yeah that plays with us a lot but it was also we talked about how because one of the wives uh amanda who's the wife, uh, wife of uh, wade robson yeah she asked him like is our kid safe around you yeah. because of this yeah, and there's I, that there's that myth as well. Right, and I I loved so much that she said that because it was so honest. Yeah, and and I do think it's really important too to dispel that myth because the, and I've heard it said so much and people almost say it in a way. I think people say it a lot of times with good intentions. They say it in a way of trying to empathize, I think, with abusers. They say, oh, well, you know, maybe it happened to them, blah, 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 blah. But it's this idea that you're more likely to become an abuser if you've been abused, and there's no evidence behind that. That's, yeah. that's not true. It's a myth. It, it, and I find it, it a little bit stigmatizing of people who've yeah, been abused. Like, as we as we, uh, we mentioned that uh, off-podcast, it, it has happened where an abuser... Uh, or sorry, an abused victim becomes an abuser later in life because there are a lot of abusers and there yeah, are a lot of but there's abuse. no connection between yeah, the two. Yeah, no, like, there's no correlation. And it's not a, it's not the most common thing. It's not like like you know, fifty percent of them do it. It's no. like it's a small number, but it just has happened, and then it's created this idea that yeah. this is what's normal. And TV shows don't help with that shit because, yeah. and this is the thing I've kind of written or I've, I've talked about before when it comes to writing is that when you're writing a villain or you're writing a bad guy or you're writing just a story where bad things happen to your characters, you feel like you have to justify mm. what happens. And so you have to create reasons for why people do these awful things, whereas mm. rea- the reality is most of the time there is no real reason mm. other than that person being fucked up in some sort of way. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, but there's no reason for their fucked upness a lot of the time. Yeah, or it's not, if there is, it's not going to be super logical that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, we have Michael Jackson, he... And there's also, like, you know, he had a horrible childhood, and I think he had a really rough life, but is that why he became a pedophile? Uh, no. And it, makes like, no, it would make no sense that <laughs> yeah. you would want to hurt yeah. other kids because you had a shitty childhood. And like, here's the other really important thing. I don't think he thought he was hurting other kids. I think I think people, I think most people who commit the, a, lot of, a lot of evils in general... I don't think most people think of themselves as the bad guy. I don't think most people consciously think of themselves as being evil or as being manipulative. Well, he trained the kids to to think that they couldn't tell anybody about it. So mm-hmm. I think he he has to know on some level it's wrong. On some level, but 
I don't think, I think sometimes there's this image of, of people who are like that, that like behind the scenes, they're twirling their mustaches and thinking, Try, I got away yeah. with it again, but I don't think it's like that. I think it's much more complicated than that. And I think on some level, he really believed that these were consensual romantic relationships. Yeah, well, and we talked about that too. And when they got into how graphic, like the graphic stuff about the sex acts, there was something in that both of those documentaries too that the abusers wanted wanted the people they were abusing to enjoy it, or at least wanted them to to feel like they were enjoying it. Yeah, because like um, with Michael Jackson and stuff like that, there was times when he tried to anally penetrate like the kids. And the kid said, I don't like it. And he just said, he backed off and said, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's it's a weird thing because he is, like, doing terrible things to these kids mm-hmm. and, and fucking them up. But if they say no, he'll stop. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, it's... And that was something I had to try and wrap my head around as well. Because I said to you, it was like, it seems like he wants their consent. Right. You know, but obviously they can't give consent. They're right. kids. Exactly. They can't, but it's like a whole other thing than the kind of rape, which is just about power and which is just about, you know, which is a, completely about wanting to take away someone's uh, bodily autonomy. This was, is different than that in a sense. It still has a very similar effect in the end. But he also, he wanted, I mean, sorry to get very graphic here and there's probably a trigger warning, but like he, he wanted to please the boy sexually. He did. Yeah. That was the part that you were surprised at actually, that he wanted to. Yeah. Like he wanted to yeah. go, he went down on the boys. Right. Right. Which I assumed he would just want the boys to do things to him. Right. You know, like I found that surprising and like, yeah, so stuff like that, it was kind of, it's opened my eyes to a lot of shit that goes on. And, and I know in future I'll be a lot, more understanding i think when claims are brought forward for any abusers uh because there's a lot of stuff that i couldn't i couldn't make sense of in my head before which this documentary has really opened up um but uh yeah i will put a content warning on the podcast uh, Mm -hmm. in the description uh for people because obviously not everybody wants to hear about this sort of stuff uh i will say though uh, just uh, to change kind of topic a little bit um because you talked about bodily bodily autonomy Mm. um there was a new story this week uh, okay yes this is a bit lighter this is a little bit lighter but uh interesting um so uh, a young woman who was about i say mid-20s yeah, 25-ish. 25-ish. Yeah. In- English woman. She was going on holiday to Tenerife. Yeah. And um, she had dressed for Tenerife by dressing in kind of summer clothing. Yeah. And so she'd worn like a summer like skirt. Oh, no, no. It was really cute. <laughs> but okay. It wasn't a skirt. Oh, was it not? Was <laughs> no. it trousers? Yeah. Okay. She was wearing these really cute like high-waisted kind of like burnt orange. Yeah, it's like the kind of trousers that I like. It's that kind of like flowy like had, summery I, I, kind I didn't, of thing. I didn't really see from the crotch down. So yeah. I just saw the high-waisted thing and it reminded me of so, like those kind of flowy yeah. summer dresses I'd seen. It so was I a really, it was I mean, not this is neither here nor there, but it was a really cute outfit. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, So she wore these trousers, high-waisted trousers, and uh, what is being called a crop top. What she was calling a crop top, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I believe it's probably a more modern termination for it because it's a slightly, it's a slight alteration on on a crop top. Well, was it a bralette, which I think it it was argued that it was a bralette. 
But, like, a bra lash isn't a bra, though, still, either, is it? No, it's not. And honestly, like, I wore what could be considered a bralette to a wedding once, and... I've seen that outfit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was fine, though. Was it? I thought it was fine, because, see, the difference, I guess, the difference why... Now, I'm not, again, I don't want to kind of give credence to this airline. Let me tell the story first, yeah, and we'll yeah, talk more okay, about okay. it. Yeah, So she wore this outfit anyway, and, um... She was when she got onto the plane. She was told by flight attendants to uh, basically put on some clothing because they said that what she was wearing was inappropriate. And she had a jacket with her that, because in case she got cold on the plane, but she wasn't wearing it. And she was fucking hot. No, no, I'm temp- temperature. That's what I mean. She was warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like she was. That, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not saying she was sex. Like that's yeah. not the point. Sorry. Like no, 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 she was really hot because yeah. it, like she was going to Tenerife and like she, and she, for whatever I don't know what the temperature was wherever she was coming from, but she was physically very hot. Yeah, we those planes when you get onto them at first, they're often yeah. very warm. Um, and so, uh, but she was asked and she kind of said like, well, what's this is like, she's our, you know, policy wise, we have to ask you to leave if you don't put on some clothing and she goes, okay, well, can I see that policy before doing anything about Good it? For her. She stood her ground. Good yeah. for her. Uh, they brought her back a, a flight in flight magazine, which had the policy in it, but the policy was very vague as they read it out. Yeah, but it actually, like, it it kind of wasn't that vague. It was basically, like, if there are slogan, if there are offensive slogans or symbols, you know? Yeah, but it was as if your outfit is deemed inappropriate, and they gave those oh, things as examples. That? Yeah, but, like, they didn't say what would be inappropriate. No, but I actually don't think they said inappropriate. I think they said offensive. Okay. The word was offensive, sure. not inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, but either way, like, it was still open to interpretation. Yeah. And um, she kind of said, well, it doesn't say that I can't wear a crop top. Um, yeah. You know, it's not being specific. And so they went back and got security and told them that yeah. she had to leave, get, grab her bags. And she stood up and said to the whole airplane, like, you know, does anyone think I'm offensive? Because if it is, I'll put a jacket on now and we'll leave it at that. No one said anything. Although in reality, who would actually say anything in that scenario? That's true. Like, who would actually go, well, actually, I think you're yeah. a little bit slutty. Like, you know, who, who would say anything? But no one said anything. And, but I kind of wish people had stood up for her more and been like, no, I don't think it's offensive. Yeah, and this is a thing, you know, we've seen a lot of this stuff happen recently. Um, and anyway, long story short, she, was, she had to leave her flight and she didn't get her flight. But either way, uh, we've seen a lot of this stuff recently where air... air airplane staff being a little bit too uh, power trippy power trippy yeah I think that's a good way to put it um, and like telling people to leave for stupid things like a girl was asked to leave a plane because she was wearing leggings as her trousers yeah, and they again, said that ridiculous. was inappropriate yeah. ridiculous like you know people want to be comfortable on planes planes are a stressful fucking thing that nobody wants to be on like at least be wearing comfortable things for yourself uh but, you know, they were deeming that, like, both with the leggings case and with this case, that, like, these women were being too nudie, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, and as she pointed out, like, there was guys on the, on the plane wearing tank tops. And shorts, yeah. And shorts. Showing and, more skin than she was. Yeah, because, like, really, she was just showing some shoulders and a midriff. And like, a tiny, like, a sliver of a midriff. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, we can post a picture or a link at least to that article in our description if you haven't seen what we're talking about judge for yourself um, but yeah the, it is what I did find interesting about it though is mm. because 
when I looked at the, when I heard crop top and I looked at the picture, I was like, is that what a crop top is? Because like I think crop top is a broad term. It's a broad term, but like this idea of, of a bralette. Yeah. It does look like lingerie because it's very lacy. Okay. And um I don't for a second agree with the air the, the airplane yeah. staff. I don't think she was asked to leave. I don't even think she should have been asked to put a coat on. I don't think for any fucking reason no. she should have been spoken to about it. But I do have to say just if I saw anybody walking to the street with that, I would double take. Okay, yeah, and that's okay. And so that's, see, as I was listening to it, I was kind of wondering for me, like, where is the line? Like, because you know me, like, I'm a step away from being a nudist. Like, I yeah. really, I, I... It's not even, like, a really a step away. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a frustrated nudist. You wish you could be. Like, I just, like... I wouldn't have a problem with a man being topless. I wouldn't have a problem with a woman being topless. Like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. But if you want to say, cover your privates, like, fine. But, like, they were covered, so... Well, she she mentioned a thing. We watched an interview with her talking about it on a, on a daytime TV show. And she talked about, like, you deemed this offensive, but it's socially acceptable to wear this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that made me do question, like, what... First of all, what is considered socially acceptable? Yeah. yeah. And then also, should we care what's socially acceptable? Exactly. Like Right, uh, we should we shouldn't. Like and that's where I was like I I'm very much a proponent of women should be able to wear whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. You can have a, an opinion about it, you can dislike it, and you can say I wouldn't wear that and I don't think that's classy, but right. like be, they should, should be legally allowed to whether it's a fucking burqa, a bikini or a chicken suit. And I think they should be able to wear it wherever the hell they want as well. Well, it's like it's like a freedom of speech issue in the sense of you should be allowed say whatever you want, uh, but there should be consequences to you saying those things but then how does that play out with clothing that like you should be allowed to be topless if you want but there's consequences to you wearing being topless and I'm like oh well fuck what are consequences well, like well no here's well here's what it is different areas do get to make rules on, on what you wear like uh, your job actually like your job does get to dictate what you wear. Yeah, I have you to wear have a uniform to wear a for my uniform, job. I, which, know. by the way, makes me look like a flight attendant, but hell, whatever. Oh, baby, no, you look good. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know why you get mad when I say you look good in your uniform. Because I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't this like it. This has been like an issue all week. I've been like, yeah, you look good. And you're like, shut up. Don't compliment me. <laughs> well, part of that was because I was in a terrible mood this week, but hell, whatever. Um... But, like, okay, so, like, Holly Willoughby was like, well, she wasn't going on on a job interview. And exactly. And so, like, the question then is, what is the dress code on a plane? Like, that's, I guess, the question here. Because what she was wearing, you could wear it in the street. You could wear it to a shop. You could wear it to a party. Like, it's really, you know. And and in lots of those contexts, people wouldn't double take. Okay, like, depending on what creeps are around you in the shop, someone might be like, oh, hey, hey, hey. But if you went to a party with a bunch of people your age... No, yeah, and that I, w- I would double take because I'm 35, and yeah. so this is new fashion, and I have now reached that age where, like, your pants are different to my pants. <laughs> What's up with that? I don't get it. <laughs> Wait, but what about, okay, 
So, like, you've seen pictures of me in what I wore to my friend Becky's wedding. Yeah. And did you think that was, like, too much? No. Well, first of all, it was a summer wedding. It was. Uh, which seemed to have a lot of outdoor stuff It was to to it. almost totally outdoors. So it looked very appropriate to the setting. Thank you. Um, sometimes I worry that I wasn't being appropriate. No, I thought you were. But then some people are very stuffy about weddings. Yeah. And they're kind of like, well, at a wedding, is it, like, if you're hanging out at a party with your friends in the yeah. summertime, it would be appropriate, but not at a wedding, because a wedding is a formal event. And then, but I'm like, and I'm usually like, you know, fuck that shit. Yeah. But then I know at funerals, I get kind of annoyed when yeah. someone isn't dressed uh, formally at a funeral because yeah. I feel like it's disrespectful. Yeah. So I, you know, it, while in general, I'm usually like, wear whatever the fuck you want. But there yeah. are times when I get stuffy about it too. Mm. And so it's hard, it's hard to know you know, again, is what is socially acceptable is is not something that's ever written down. No, it's not, and it's and it depends because there are different social groups and there are people who have different opinions about how you yeah. should dress in certain situations. But to throw like to throw someone off of a plane because of, like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, and I I don't. It's like nobody could have made and they and they nobody has the air the air flight company. Air flight, that's, like, that's not words. Uh, but the, the company didn't say a complaint had been made to our staff. They It was the staff member taking right. this into their own like, And, and they also didn't say why. Like, okay, like so why should you dress a certain way at a funeral? To show respect. Okay. Why should you dress a certain way on a plane? Like, okay, I, I get not having anything that's offensive. Like, I get not having, like, symbols. Like, I hate symbol. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want someone, you know, with, with a fucking swastika t-shirt on a plane. That makes perfect sense to me. But what is the problem with, like, wearing a small top on a plane? But, and plus, once you're sat down in your seat... No one's even looking at no you. No one can even see you. The yeah. Only, the only person that can see you is the person directly beside you. And that's it. Yeah, and I find that it's like it's this very it's shaming of women, and it's that that whole thing too of um, like girls in high school getting sent home because of their outfits, and the message that that's sending is that it's more important for the boys not to be distracted than it is for the girls to get an education and be in class that day. It's more important for the boys to be in class and not be distracted yeah. than it is for the girl to be in class. Big uh, shock to the system, folks. Boys are always distracted. It doesn't matter what girls are wearing. They're still distracted by girls. Like, they can, like, girls, they, like, girls in Catholic school uniforms are still, like, you know, fetishized by boys. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're wearing as much clothes as possible. Like, mm -hmm. just, you can't get around that. Uh, and I know I've heard sometimes about, like, you know, teachers saying that it was, like, troubling for them to see these young girls in these sort of outfits. But like that, but, and like uh, that's more about the teachers than anything else. And, and you know, I understand it too. It's human, and it's not even meaning. It doesn't even mean that they're um, attracted to the girl. They could just find it distracting. Like they could just find it shocking. Whatever. But it's like okay, that's okay that you feel that way. But like that's on you, man. Yeah. Like it's okay that you feel that way. But that doesn't mean that because you feel a certain way about someone's outfit that they have to change their outfit. Yeah, but it, it's it's kind of because they keep bringing up this line of like it's common decency to cover up a little bit. Like it's too sexual. But like people are so scared of someone being sexy. 
Which, which is hilarious because all women are taught is to be sexy, and then they do it, and then they get thrown off a plate. Like, yeah. it's just, like, the yeah. mixed messages. Yeah, because, like, yeah, this, like, this bralish, this, like, you know, lingerie-looking type of top is aimed at women to buy. I mean, yeah. there's a push in fashion, there's a trend in fashion right now for women to wear it. And so when they are wear it, they're punished for it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's a weird... It's a weird world that we live in, folks. It is. It's very, very bizarre. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode because uh, we've gone a little bit long in some of our episodes recently. Yeah. So we're trying this to get is back an, to our, a nice tight thirty-five. A nice tight tight thirty-five. Um, I will say though, for for anybody just to kind of uh, to go out on, um, for anybody who doesn't know, um, and I hope you would if you listen to this. I write comic books, um, and one of my comic books has just finished its latest volume. It's called uh, Shipwrecked, um, and you can go read it for free online if you Yay. go to uh, shipwreckedcomic.com, or um, if you just look at uh, aaronfever.com, you'll see I have post lots of links to it there as well, so when you're going to get to listen to this podcast, you can go find a link to it from there too. Um, it's just finished volume three. Um, uh, the plan is to have a volume four and five uh, and quite possibly to launch a Kickstarter for such uh, in the next couple of months. Um, more details on that to come. But if you haven't checked it out yet, please do. It's something that I'm quite proud of and I really like it a lot. I like it too. Um, and I've worked with some great artists over the years on it and some of my favorite people at the same time. So I'm really happy about it. But uh, I don't pimp it a lot. So yeah. I'm just I'm just pimping. But it it's now. really good. It's really fun. It's really funny. It's got great characters. It's a it's a sitcom in space. Yeah. Um, is the way I kind of pitch it. It's it's if is if the office was happened on the Star Trek Star uh, Starship Enterprise. <laughs> um. So uh yeah so uh do check it out if you haven't checked it out before it just wrapped up a volume so you have three whole volumes there to read if you haven't read it before. Um and I'm quite proud of it. Uh more to come on that sort of shit in the future. But uh, in the meantime, until next time, Puchin. Puchin. Puchin, okay. Yeah, Ar- right. Irish liquor. <laughs> Irish liquor. <laughs> Moonshine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>